Listener Production. Hey, Tom Tilly with you for The Briefing. In this episode, we're taking a look at a drug that is supposed to be used to treat type 2 diabetes, but it's gone viral on TikTok as a weight loss drug. And that's driven a surge in demand, which is creating some serious problems. It usually happens in social media. The story actually turns upon itself. So now we've got a whole lot of self-proclaimed social media warriors who are now venting on people living with obesity, who they represent as the villains here. Yeah, the TikTok diabetes weight loss dilemma. We'll get into that in the second half of this podcast first. Here are today's headlines with Katrina Blouse. It is Monday, January 30. Hey everyone, well Novak Djokovic has broken down in tears after winning his 10th Australian Open title. Not playing last year, coming back this year and I want to thank, uh, thank all the people that made me feel welcome, made me feel comfortable. Uh, to be in Melbourne, to be in Australia. Um, there is there's a reason why I've, I've played my best tennis throughout my career in Australia and on this court. How about that? What a turnaround. That's Djokovic speaking to Channel 9 after last night's final when he fought off third-seeded Stefanos Tsitsipas 6-3-7-6-7-6. And Tom, as you can hear, he seems to have won back the hearts mm. of fans after being detained and deported right before last year's Open because of his vaccine status. Yeah, it was, it was an incredible display of mental toughness, just unbelievable to come back after the the drama and the pain of last year and just focus so hard on winning this tournament and you saw that as soon as the match ended he was able to I guess relax that incredible focus and climb straight up into his supporter box they all had this massive group hug and he cried uncontrollably in their arms he fell onto the ground in in the supporter box up there then he came back onto the court sat on his chair and just cried and cried into his towel Oh, and I think, you know, his hamstring injury, which a lot of people have said was a fake injury, you can't underestimate the impact that that has had. Goran Ivanisevic, his coach, said 97% of players, other players who'd received the MRI scan that he'd received would have pulled out of the tournament and he was receiving up to 77 different therapies every day. Wow. And he also had to block out that whole drama around his father being photographed with those Russian oh. supporters. So that's just another thing that he had to sort of control within his mind to stay focused on his tennis. It's just it's just incredible what he's done. And, you know, there's all this debate now that he really is the greatest of all time uh, male tennis player. Puts him on an equal 22 grand slams um, with Nadal. And he's back to number one as well. Good on him. And New Zealand's death toll from the heavy flooding has jumped to four as Auckland continues to get extreme rainfall. Yesterday was Auckland's wettest day on record. Uh, And having just surveyed some of the extensive damage, both on the ground and in the air, it's clear that it's going to be a big clean-up job. Yeah, that's the country's new Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins. Get used to hearing that voice and that accent. (laughs) Um, Yeah, extreme situation there, though. Three months' worth of rainfall in a single day. The country's largest city was placed under a state of emergency on Friday um, when the average January rainfall fell in just one hour. Thousands of people have been evacuated from their homes as the whole North Island copes with this extreme amount of rain, flash flooding and landslides. 
This is a bit of a wild story coming out of WA where a desperate search is underway after a potentially deadly radioactive capsule has gone missing. So this capsule is the size of a 10 cent coin and the search for it is being likened to a needle in a haystack. Mm. Uh, the big worry is that it contains a small amount of radioactive material and this can cause extreme illness and burns if touched. If you're standing a metre away from it, Apparently, it's the equivalent to receiving 17 chest x-rays and there's fears that people just pick it up, not know where it, what it is, and put it in their car or carry it around. Uh, so it got lost when it was being transported on a truck between Perth and the Pilbara. Apparently, it can't be used as a weapon, but of course, there's that real risk to human safety. Yeah, so I guess if you see that little radioactive capsule, don't pick it up. And good news for the Australian TV and film industry, Katrina. Um, Could be lots more work for creatives and crew. Our streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney, they're going to be made to invest in local Australian content under new rules that are being negotiated. So from the middle of next year, the federal government will require these streaming services to put at least a certain percentage of their revenue back into Australian content. We still don't know what that figure is will be, but the Australian screening industry has been pushing for a quota of 20%. So 20% of the revenue from those streamers would be a lot of money in that relatively small industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that uh, free-to-air channels have had to do this for ages, mm. but streamers haven't, you know, there's a disparity there. And the European Union, they require 30% uh, local content. So other places are doing it. I think we should too. And there's certainly plenty of amazing shows that are already being produced out of Australia. One of my favourites from last year was on Binge, actually, uh, Love Me. I was obsessed with that show. So certainly the quality is there and we should be doing more of it. Well, the remake of Heartbreak High went very well as well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that went gangbusters. Yeah, so there are plenty of shows. I mean, yeah, they can go back to some of the old shows, but I guess ideally start to create the next big Australian TV and streaming film blockbusters. So um, I think this is really good news. All right, we'll catch you again tomorrow. Uh, Rana Patrick is about to bring you this incredible story about the diabetes drug being pushed on TikTok. TikTok influencers posting videos about their weight loss experiences with a drug meant for type 2 diabetics is being investigated by Australia's drug regulator. Known under its Australian brand name, Ozempic, the treatment has seen huge demand, adding to an already worldwide shortage of the drug. Professor Tim Gill is an academic researcher and public health policy advisor on nutrition, obesity and chronic disease. Tim, thanks for joining the briefing. Now, I guess the most obvious question how is this drug supposed to be used and what does it do? Well, this particular drug, Ozempic, has been licensed within Australia for use in the management of type 2 diabetes. Ozempic, or semaglutide, which is its generic name, is a glucon-like peptide. And so what it does is basically act uh, in terms of a bit like glucagon and improves the release of insulin and the management of blood glucose in diabetics. So why has this taken off as a weight loss drug? Well, for a long time, ever since they started trials on semaglutide and its predecessor, which was loraglutide, 
they noticed that one of the main effects of uh, this drug is to actually reduce appetite. It, it also delays gastric emptying. And whilst this helps in the management of blood glucose level, it also has a profound effect on weight. So for a long time, they've known that it is actually very effective as a weight loss agent. And in fact, the, the company Nova Nordisk already have it licensed for use in the USA and and has registered it in Australia for use as a weight loss agent. So Tim, was its main use supposed to be for type 2 diabetics, but they also found that it also helped with weight loss? So is it supposed well, like my, to be used for weight loss? Like most drugs, they design it for a particular use and they usually find it ends up um, being more useful in another area. This particular one follows on from a number of GLP-1 agonists that have been produced to address type 2 diabetes, to address insulin release in type 2 diabetics. And it had a surprising, very profound effect on weight management. So yes, it's it was primarily designed to treat type 2 diabetes, but it's also been shown to be very effective in terms of achieving weight loss. So with this drug now going viral, I mean, how is that affecting people who, who need to use it? There's been some supply chain shortages that have been created by what the company, the Nova Nordisk, suggests is a unexpected spike in demand. So whilst it has only usually been prescribed for management of type 2 diabetes because of the media interest generated around it or the social media interest generated around it. There's been a number of people who've been asking for it to be used in an unofficial way or an off-license way for management of their weight problems. Now, it's important to understand that they don't just go into the pharmacy and ask for it. It actually still has to be prescribed by a GP. And so, What's happened is that for a variety of reasons, we've seen a shortage of this uh, drug, not only in Australia, but worldwide. And that's resulted in the inability of type 2 diabetics who have been prescribed this drug for uh, the past year or so to actually get a regular supply of it. And it's interrupting the management of their condition. So influences are just a part of these shortages that were already kind of there. And now the increase in demand has highlighted how much there isn't around at the moment. The story seems to be that it's all been caused by uh, TikTok influencers promoting this drug. There was already strains on the supply system for this particular drug. It's a particular difficult drug to manufacture. There's only a certain number of places that, that, that will manufacture it. And uh, the company has had problem bringing on new factories. As well as that, it is actually a drug that needs to be kept cold, uh, refrigerated, just like insulin. And so, you know, with a whole lot of the issues around uh, that we've seen around all sorts of other supply chain issues, transport issues, these sorts of things, it's just uh, made it very difficult to get regular supplies of the drug uh, to the market all the time. And on top of that, what we are seeing is that Australia is a very small part of this uh, international market. And in essence, the companies get less opportunity to generate profit in Australia because the price is regulated in Australia and they can achieve two to three times this price in other um, particular markets such as the US. Tim, you've mentioned there that social media influencers have been the one promoting this drug and have been promoting it here as well. But, I mean, what are the laws around promoting a prescribed drug in Australia? 
Uh, well, it's interesting to say that social media is the uh, influence is the only one promoting the use of this drug for weight loss. That's not true at all because the company itself is promoting uh, the use of this drug for weight loss, not in, in terms of Ozempic, but their other product called Wegovi, which is already on the market in, in the USA. So, and on top of that, clinicians, uh, you know, everyone's excited, in fact, about this drug, not just social media influencers, because it is seemingly one of the few effective therapeutic agents for the management of weight. The reason why the TGA um, have got involved, you know, because they regulate uh, not only the licensing of drugs, but also issues around advertising, labelling, product appeal, you know, how the products uh, must look, how the packaging must look. And one of the laws in Australia is you cannot direct market a drug to consumers. So, Tim, I mean, this is the first time that Therapeutic Goods Administration has done something like this. Why now, do you think? Well, it's very interesting because it's hardly the first time social media influencers have, you know, directly marketed drugs. You know, the past 10, 15 years, they've been wildly promoting all sorts of therapies in inappropriate ways, you know, not only the management of obesity, but also, you know, things like COVID and uh, cancer care and all this sort of thing. So it would appear that the big issue here for TGA is not so much the inappropriate marketing of a drug, but more about the supply chain issues and the profound effect that's having on the consistent management of type 2 diabetics. I think what's happened is a number of clinical groups, such as the Australian Medical Association, have sort of created pressure on the TGA to actually intervene and act. So, Tim, I mean, what are some of the side effects, I guess, of this drug? Like all drugs, it has a number of side effects. And if you're to read the warning labels inside the package, it will talk all about the small number of cases of thyroid tumours that have developed or pancreatic cancer that may develop as a result of this. But the main side effects are actually gastrointestinal ones. It, it, you know, it can make you very sick, very nauseous, sorry, vomiting, increased gastrointestinal reflux, that sort of thing. And they're normal side effects of it. And in fact, they're part of the reason why it actually reduces your appetite is because it slows down the emptying of the stomach. And as a result, does create a whole range of gastrointestinal side effects. What are the dangers, do you think, of prescribed drugs being promoted on platforms like TikTok and, and being used in a way for social clout? <clears throat> well, apart from potentially... Some of the other drugs that are promoted potentially have much greater side effects and uh, could be much more dangerous. But one of the biggest impacts is that you're giving people inappropriate but also ineffective therapies so that people who should be going to see their GP getting a proper approach to the management of their particular condition self-manage themselves in an ineffective way, which just delays the appropriate introduction of therapies, particularly in things like cancer. The longer you delay appropriate care, the more the damage is, is going to be done. Tim, the narrative around this has been very much about the off-license way that this drug is being used, as you've been talking about, about weight loss. But how has that narrative changed on social media from influencers talking about what it's doing for its weight loss to where that conversation has gone now? And is that new narrative also concerning? 
I'm very concerned about the way the narrative has shifted from one about uh, the villains being the social media influencers and the victims being the type 2 diabetics who cannot get the drug because the social media influencers have now created such a demand for it for, for weight loss and you've got a hero of the TGA coming in to correct the situation. In a peculiar way, and what all usually happens in social media, the story actually turns upon itself. So now we've got a whole lot of self-proclaimed uh, social media warriors who are now venting on people living with obesity, who they represent as the villains here because they see people uh, who are living with weight problems as undeserving of therapies such as Ozempic or its brother drug, uh, Wegovy. And they're taking this drug away from type 2 diabetics. And I think this just reflects a whole range of biases which already exist in the Australian community around people living with obesity. The perception that these people are undeserving, that they've brought the problem upon themselves, that the, their weight problems are all themselves if they just got off their asses and uh, did a bit more exercise and didn't eat as much, then the problem would go away. To me, that is incredibly damaging because it not only creates um, a whole lot uh, more uh, stress and anxiety for those living with obesity, it also is totally inappropriate and scientifically untrue. That's Professor Tim Gill there, academic researcher and public health policy advisor on nutrition, obesity and chronic disease. And I guess that's the problem is that when something goes viral, you have very little chance of reining in that narrative once it's out of the gates. But feeling uh, for those who do need this medication as part of their day-to-day -day life. Listener.